Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans. Welcome to episode 105 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. Got a good show for everybody today. Flying solo for the first time in, I think, over a year, other you know, than some offshoot recaps of camps, recaps of the EXO's first match. I think that was the last one I did completely by myself. Um, but I'm looking forward to jumping into it. We've actually have quite a few questions that have been piling up over the last couple of days, especially with the Olympics, more people getting into it. So we'll go ahead and get to the mailbag. But first, we're going to start off the show the same way we do every week. That's by jumping into the breakdown. Actually kind of got a lot of talk about in the breakdown. And I'll figure if I'm flying solo, I got to carry the show somehow. So we got a lot of news, which is good, good timing. Um, as always, I'll start with some XO news. There's not a lot, but the first and the only piece of XO news, I guess, is that they report for the fall season on Monday. Uh, I've already seen a couple of guys from last year getting into town, getting some work in, and I've seen a few new guys getting in too. They're, they're huge. Uh, they just keep getting bigger and bigger every time I see them, I feel like. Uh, but it's good to see. It's good to kind of get back in the swing of things, but that means that summer is over. I'm not a summer guy. I hate summer. I think fall is the best season, uh, but it has flown by been doing a lot of stuff been enjoying it but it's you know it's pretty much over now the season getting started again uh so of course we will be covering that the best we can and following it super close getting some good interviews on a couple of the new guys i'm hoping as the season goes on so make sure you stay tuned for that that's a lonely little bit of xo news that i have for you this week though Moving into the MLR, we got the MLR Championship Final. It is set. The Los Angeles Giltinis and Rugby ATL will meet in the MLR Championship Final on Sunday afternoon. I think that's set to kick off at 2 p.m. on CBS. Uh, Rugby ATL beat Rugby United New York 10-9 on Saturday evening in what was a defensive slugfest. Playoff rugby, knockdown, drag out, playoff rugby. It was a street fight. It was hot, sweaty. They couldn't hang on to the ball. Just beat the hell out of each other for 80 minutes. Uh, there was only one try scored in the entire match, and it was not a pretty one. It was a pick-and-go-forwards ball. They just kind of rammed in there down at the end of the match. Rugby ATL punched in and uh, with just a few minutes to play. Secured them that one-point victory. L.A. and Utah duked it out on the Western Conference Final on Sunday evening. Uh, and that was a really excited match all around. You know, it had a lot of the defensive characteristics that um, the Eastern Conference Final did. Sorry, I'm turning it on my computer so I don't ding in the middle of it like I do every single week on this show. 
that wasn't just an exciting match, though. I thought it was all around, you know, it had some defensive characteristics like the Eastern Conference Final did, um, but had some good scoring, too. Uh, like I said, LA defeated the Utah Warriors 17-13. to Former Raptor Ryan James put the final nail in the coffin with a try in the 76th minute. He scored two tries in the second half off the bench, so obviously made a huge impact. Uh, he was he was flying out there and caught Utah sleeping, quite honestly, on the, on that final try. Snuck down the the, the near sideline and ran in and won them the match. So uh, L.A. and Rugby ATL will meet in the final. Like we talked about, Dan Power, like we talked about on the show kind of all year, L.A. is just they're the odds-on favorite. Um, but but it's not going to be an easy one. Eh? Uh, Atlanta beat L.A. 17-12 back at the end of May. Rugby ATL can really muddy up a game. Every you know they they really do kind of play bully rugby. Uh, they don't really let anybody get going too much. They make it hard for teams to do what they want to do, and that can win you matches doing that. So, if the two playoff games are any indication of uh, what's to come, you know, heading into this final weekend, it's going to be an awesome game. I'm really excited about it. Looking forward to it. They just announced that Steve Aoki will be playing the halftime show, and tickets are just five dollars. So, if you're in LA or in the California, Southern California area, may as well go check it out. Catch a Steve Aoki concert for five bucks and watch some good rugby too. Um, I don't know if people want me to make a pick. I wouldn't put it past ATL to, to kind of muddy it up, like I just said, and steal one again. Um, but you can't put it past L.A. to really turn it on whenever they want to. So I guess if you twist my arm, I'll pick ATL in an upset. I think I'd like to see that. That'd be um, some exciting stuff. So we'll see what happens. Moving into some Olympic stuff. Obviously, this is the week for rugby in the Olympics. A lot of, a lot of matches, a lot of stuff to talk about. USA men uh, finished sixth at the Olympics. This year, they have a. I'll go ahead and read you kind of a statement from Mike Friday, their head coach. Got to zoom in because my old eyes can't read this very well. All right, here we go. Quote I've taken time to reflect on the last few days of competition, which has been the culmination of five years of work and sacrifice to reach that point. The journey's been a roller coaster full of ups and downs, good, bad, and horrific, all mixed with an extreme sport where their emotional roller coaster matches the physical extremities. And at a time where the world feels far from normal, I won't lie, it's not been easy and at times very difficult to maintain perspective and stay on task. It's true you don't always get what you deserve in life and this sevens game is brutal just like life. Whether it's within your control or not, the consequences will test and reveal your character and resolve. We arrived committed to win. To go out in the manner we did in the medal rounds was completely heartbreaking. The boys gave everything and whilst we acknowledge we may have done things differently, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Small margin and moments within 14 minutes, one decision, within your control or not, can lead to different outcomes, but we have to look forward and continue to adapt, learn, and grow and be better for those experiences. For the men who have the privilege to continue, there will be more days ahead to compete and represent and be positive role models to inspire the next generation to embrace the game and chase that Olympic dream. I salute this group, both selected and those at home who represented and embraced the challenge of chasing this Olympic dream. I'm proud of you all for doing, being, and becoming that. A huge thank you to my amazing Rachel, who has been there throughout the roller coaster, to my special sons, Harrison and Lucas, who continue to become grounded young men, predominantly because of the selflessness and love by their mom. To my mom and dad, thank you for the unconditional love, support, and words of wisdom throughout these times. A huge heartfelt thank you to all the players, families, friends, and the genuine USA Rugby fans. Your messages of support were both felt in the good times and the tough times. 
quote, the strength of the pack is the dog and the strength of the dog is the pack, end quote, hashtag dog's life. So that's from head coach Mike Friday. Uh, I love that. I thought that was really good. I thought it was a good, you know, sum of what he's feeling and just what the guys are feeling after they poured their heart out into this tournament. Like I said, they finished sixth, and I don't think that's what they deserved. I think they deserved a better fate. But like he said, some calls don't go your way. A split decision, in, you know, one second of this 14-minute match can sway the entire tournament. Uh, the ball doesn't bounce your way. If you've been around rugby at all, you know, you've heard that saying, uh, it's all about the bounce of the ball. Sometimes it goes your way. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and they, they finished sixth. But they did finish higher than they did last year. They made it through into the quarterfinals than the last Olympics, excuse me. So that's good. They're making improvements. I thought they played their tail off. I thought uh, I was super proud to watch them. And it was super fun to get into it. felt like, you know, just the excitement of it all. I was really into all the matches. And uh, they played their hearts out. And uh, that can't, you can't say a bad word about them. You know, I, I'm super proud of their effort. I know everybody else is, and uh, it was fun to watch. So uh, can we talk about some of the men's standings and the top scorers and, and whatnot before we move into the women's the women's tournament, which is happening right now as you're listening to this. So men's final standings, Fiji won gold again. Congrats to Fiji. If you listen to the show, I've been talking about just like how some of the trials and I'll read you some of the the stuff that's kind of come out after the tournament, but they flew on a freight plane with a bunch of frozen fish because they couldn't even get a commercial flight to to Tokyo for the games from Fiji. So that's nuts. Uh, But Fiji won gold, New Zealand won silver, Argentina won bronze. Great Britain uh, took fourth, South Africa took fifth, USA took sixth, Australia took seventh, Canada took eighth. Kenya took ninth, Ireland took 10th, Japan took 11th, and Republic of Korea took 12th. Uh, Madison Hughes, USA's captain, was third on the top point scores with 32. And like I said, I want to talk a little bit more about Fiji. I saw some tweets and stuff coming out after they won gold. So this was from Jamie Lyle on Twitter, at JLyle93. said, Fiji, Fiji head coach Gareth Baber took his players or says his players have not been able to see their family since Easter Monday due to COVID-19. Some were debutantes at this level. Some had not been on a plane before. Captain Jerry too, I believe. Given backdrop, this gold is more special than 2016. More from Jerry Tuai, the only survivor from the 2016 squad. Quote, I have three kids. It's a long story, but I nearly jumped camp because I miss them. Our coach bound us together so we could continue our journey to Tokyo, end quote. So like I just said, some of these guys have never been on a plane before. So realistically, their first plane ride ever was with a bunch of frozen fish going to Tokyo to compete for gold and ultimately win gold. They haven't seen their family since April, which is nuts. So... Jerry Tuai obviously just said the captain of the team wanted to skip camp because he just wanted to go home and hang out with his wife and kids and stuff. That's nuts. So this is like you could just tell it just means more to feed. Like it means everything to them. If you've seen some of the videos coming out after they've won gold, uh, families, the country is dancing in the streets. You know, they're crying. They're singing the anthem. Uh, it's just nuts, man. And it's so cool to see a country like this win because this, like I just said, this is everything to them and to see them overcome all these obstacles uh, to win gold is, is pretty special. I think that's kind of what the Olympics are about. So I think that's awesome. I know that I've saw on Twitter today, they're returning home. So they have two more weeks of quarantine since they're back from Tokyo before they can see their families. Uh, so it'll be a little bit sweeter when they have that gold medal around their necks and they get to hug their wife and kids and their parents and then the brothers and sisters. So big congrats to Fiji. 
Moving into the women's tournament, the women's uh, USA women's are off to a red hot red hot start. They defeated China 28-14 in their first match on Wednesday night, uh, and they beat Japan 17-7 early Thursday morning to improve to two and zero through pool play. They'll advance to the corner final round. They'll play Australia on Thursday. Um, so this will be old news by the time you hear. They'll play Australia on Thursday at 7:30 p.m. Uh, and then they'll play, you know, in that quarter and final round on early Friday morning, and we'll see how it all stands when when the dust settles and we're all awake and uh, moving into the weekend. And speaking of that, we'll go ahead and move into all the rugby that you can watch this weekend. So I guess we'll go ahead and start with the USA Women's Seven since we were just talking about them. Uh, they'll play July thirtieth, which is Friday morning, like I was saying, uh, eight p.m. There's, excuse me, 6 p.m. Mountain Time. My brain is short-circuiting. They'll play the women's semifinals uh, on Friday night, and then uh, that's when the women's semifinals will start, so they'll play anywhere between 6 and 9. And then on Saturday, early in the morning, they'll have the medal matches. So be interesting to see where they land. You know, they're looking really good. Everyone's got eyes on the medals for them as well. Um, so we're wishing the the USA Women's Sevens all the best. It's been fun to watch them. They're, they're playing like crazy. Uh, we can't wait to see where they stand when it's all finished up. We're going to move into the MLR Championship Final, like we were just talking about. Los Angeles Giltinis versus Rugby ATL in the Major League Rugby Championship. That's on Sunday at 2 p.m. You can catch that on CBS. That's big CBS. That's not CBS Sports. That's on Channel 4. So make sure you tune in for that. That'll be a good one. And finally, the British and Irish, Irish Lions take on the Springboks again as they begin to wrap up their South African tour. That'll be on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on Peacock. So you're already, you know, looking at Peacock on NBC Sports and watching the Olympics. Just go ahead and flip over to the British and Irish Lions if you're craving some rugby. Take on the Springboks. I think that's all the rugby you can watch this weekend. Uh, I'm probably missing something. If I am, I'm sorry. Uh, we've got Blood of Slow Cup starting up next weekend. That'll be fun. Uh, but we'll talk about that more on next week's show. Let's go ahead and jump into the mailbag. Uh, it's good to get some questions. We have. It's been a while since we've done a mailbag. I think it's been well over a year. Honestly, maybe one of the last episodes I did with you know, when the Raptors were still around, I think it was with Blake Rogers. That was a mailbag. And I think I did one mailbag in quarantine. So these have been fun to fun to do. The first one comes from the big boss man, Brandon Spano. He asked, how is six for the men's team? Is that as good as you thought or, or a letdown? Uh, like I kind of mentioned at the top of the show, I think everyone on, had their eye on a medal. You know, Mike Friday said it himself. He was disappointing and heartbreaking just kind of in the result in that sense. But um, I don't think that's a reflection of the team or the effort that they put in. They played their ass off. They deserved a better fate than what they got. But that's just rugby sevens, man. That's just how it goes sometimes. And I've seen a lot of sit people say that this group were the, the pioneers of rugby sevens kind of in this country for the men's game. And I think that's true. They left rugby in the United States better than they found it five or six years ago. And I think the next generation of players coming through will prove that to us. They have absolutely nothing to be ashamed of because they played a hell of a tournament. They set USA Rugby up for some success moving forward, which is what's most important in this whole thing. So, uh, you know, obviously, like I just said, I think everybody was hoping for a medal, but just because they didn't medal, it doesn't mean it's a disappointment of a tournament at all. Um, it was super fun to watch, and I really enjoyed it, and I hope everybody else did. And it seems like it's kind of, you know, it's work. It's good for rugby. People are getting into rugby. I've seen tweets all across the Internet. I've seen a bunch of posts just about people saying that they'd never watched it before and they never would have got into it if they didn't catch rugby on the Olympics. Uh, so that's that's good for the sport, obviously. And to see the, the USA men play so well and represent the country so well is only good for the sport. So 
uh, that kind of answers that question. All right, we got a couple questions, a handful of questions from my guy Chase. Um, Chase has kind of been gotten into rugby since we'd be doing these snake drafts, which is good to see. Um, so he's got a bunch of questions about the sport that he's getting into now. So I'm going to answer all these to the best of my ability. Uh, so he said, I put a few questions down that now that I've had the chance, you know, to watch MLR season playoffs as well as getting into some of the Olympic sevens. Um, thanks for getting me excited about the sport of rugby. Thanks for listening, Chase. Thanks for paying attention. You're welcome. I'm happy to get anybody excited about rugby. So his first question, do any current MLR or Colorado XO or premier rugby sevens players play for any of the rugby town sevens teams? So yeah, there will be a lot of all of those guys, I think, playing in this Rugby Town 7s tournament this year. Um, Rugby Town 7s teams are tournament teams, so they don't really have a set roster. Like You can play for the Rambling Jesters one weekend, and then if they're playing, you know, you have another tournament you want to play in with a different team the next weekend, you can do that. So uh, Premier Rugby 7s, I guess, has been pretty quiet about who's playing in their competition besides the men and women from the USA 7s teams that they've already announced. But I've talked to a few people that played on the XLs last year, and they've kind of alluded to and said that they're planning on being involved in the Premier Rugby 7s. So you will see some XOs and some Premier Rugby 7s guys, I would assume, playing in this Rugby Town 7s tournament. The Colorado XOs will have a team in the tournament, so you'll for sure see them. Houston Sabercats are bringing a team to the tournament, so you'll see some of those guys. And I know a lot of other MLR players just kind of play. They're scattered across you know, all the different teams in the tournament every year. Um, guys just like to play rugby and, you know, they've had a couple of months off by that point to heal up and, and, you know, get that, get that itch to go play again. It's a good way to run around and just kind of stay in shape. So I'm sure you'll see all those guys playing in the rugby town sevens tournament this year. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about more about the rambling jesters as I see that's the next question. So with the rambling jesters winning the 2019 rugby town championship, do you expect them to repeat this August? Yeah, I mean, I think I do. I think they, because they won last in 2019, I guess, uh, they're as good as anybody to win the tournament. The Ramblin' Jesters are always in the mix. They always field a good team. The group that owns them also has a stake in the New England Free Jack. So that's kind of something to keep in mind. Going back to your MLR questions, I'm sure you'll see a lot of crossover between some Free Jacks and some Ramblin' Jesters. Um, I, re- I recommend going back and listening to my interview from last year with Ramblin' Jester CEO David Barry if you want to learn more about their club. I think they, like I said, I think they're a safe bet to win it all. They're always in the mix every year, even when they're not winning it. They're usually playing for for first. They're, they're usually you know playing in that final match or they're playing for third, so they're always finishing up at the top of the table. They're super fun to watch. I think they have the best rugby kits in the world also. I need to try to get my hands on some of that gear this year if that's possible. So expect Ramon Jesters to be in the mix at the 2021 Rugby Town 7s. Chase's next question. Aside from the 7s style of rugby being highlighted in the PR 7s, what other standout differences will this league bring when compared to MLR? So... I really don't know how to answer this because PR sevens has been pretty quiet about how exactly this is all going to work. But from what I have gathered and what I am assuming, I think it will operate more like the premier lacrosse league. If you're familiar with that, than the MLR or just going to operate like the seven circuit. So I've heard interviews with Paul Rabel, the guy that kind of started the PLL. Um, and he's talked about how they've, they've taken the sevens model and applied it to the PLL. So there are going to be teams. I don't know if the teams will be attached to certain cities. Like, I don't know if they'll have a Denver Rugby Sevens team or a 
New York Rugby Sevens team, but like the PLL, they have the Redwoods, they have the Whip Snakes, they have the Water Dogs, they have those, those type of teams, but they're not attached necessarily to a certain city. They It's like a traveling circus almost, like all the teams go to this city one weekend to play in this tournament. On whoever wins that wins that tournament, and then the next weekend they're in this city and they play this tournament, and then the weekend after that, they, like there may be like ten or fifteen of those stops. I know the one that's been announced thus far has been in Memphis. I think that was on last week's show. Premier Rugby Sevens will be in Memphis. I think the first or second weekend of October, so that'll be kind of the first stop on this circuit. Um, so that that that'll be like the first main difference, I guess. Um, and the second main difference, I guess, is that there will be women playing in the Premier Rugby Sevens, which obviously is different from MLR because women don't play in MLR. So there'll be a women's like component of all these different stops too. They'll be paid the same as the men, which obviously is kind of a, a big deal in terms of, of sport and, and equality and all that, which I think is awesome. So that'll be the, the second big difference. Um, and I, I think that answers that question. Moving into the next question, he said, do you think multiple professional rugby leagues is good for the growth of the sport at the highest level in North America? Is there any logic in MLR and PR7's partnering, understanding that they're currently 15s and 7s respectively? Um, so I think there is logic, I guess, to answer the second question first. I think there is logic in the two leagues partnering, but I don't know if now is the right time just because MLR is still so young and trying to figure things out for themselves. You know, they're still trying to make money and they're still trying to make sure that this is a, you know, a, the long game. This isn't a flash in the pan. And I think that PR Rugby Sevens, you know, needs to do that too. And MLR needs to make sure that isn't the case. Um, I don't know of any talks, obviously, of the of this happening at all, just because, like I said, these are two different things trying to make their own way and figure it all out. But I do think that it, it would make sense, right? I think it allows guys to play more rugby. Uh, you could realistically, if you're a p player, if you play rugby, the way that MLR contracts are set up is I think they all end after the final. I know now as MLR grows and continues to grow, like some players are signing more longer-term contracts, but I think that still is – like that still allows them to go play other rugby in the fall um, when MLR isn't happening. So if you're a player, if you're a back, if you're a second row guy, you could realistically get paid to play rugby year round. Um, that's a good way, again, to stay in shape, to continue to work on your skills, to continue to help with player development, just keep a ball in your hand, playing more rugby. I think that's always good. And, you know, beats getting a real job. It beats, you know, playing rugby half a year and doing something else the other half of the year. So I think it could allow players to play rugby all year round. Um, and I think that's a good thing. And I think it's good for the fans because it's just more rugby to watch and more rugby to enjoy. I'm always for more rugby. I think that's a good way to just get people in it, just have more of it, have more rugby that you can watch. Uh, I know some people are upset about it just because they kind of think it may be flooding the market. I'm not one of those people at all. Uh, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Like I've said on a number of times on the show, I'm excited to see how PR7s does. Um, I think it'll bring a different element to everything and i'm looking forward to see how it all goes and i wonder i just i'm interested to see you know when it happens is it going to be strictly a fall thing are they going to try to play in the summer obviously when this first thing's happening in october fall's kind of tough to play just because the weather's not good again into the winter and then spring's kind of dominated by mlr so that might be an issue if those things two things start to cross over just because that cuts in the player pool as well so I just am interested to see how all the logistics work out and all that good stuff. 
Um, but but I think it would make sense if they partnered at some point. Just not sure now is the right time. But as the money continues to get worked out and they both prove that they're here to stay, I mean, it would make sense to me to partner. Like we just talked about in the last question is, you know, David Barry, uh, that, like I said, they own part of the Free Jack. So they there's some cross promotion there and some, you know, some uh, cross development, I guess you can say. That makes sense to me too. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, moving into the last question, uh, he asked, there's so much diversification in the Olympics per sport, such as different strokes and distances and swimming, various track and field events, etc. When it comes to rugby, why aren't both sevens and 15s represented? This is a good question. This is not something I've thought that much about just because I think I've been so excited, blinded by the light that sevens is in the Olympics. So I did a little bit of research and I, and in the required reading portion of the show, I'll put a helpful article that talks just about the kind of the history of rugby in the Olympics and how it's shifted. Um, but I did find some interesting things, but I think honestly, the, the most basic answer that it comes down to is you could not play a full 15s tournament in the Olympics in the amount of time that the Olympics is. You Sevens is perfect because sevens really isn't that high impact. You can play, they've just played six matches in three days, which is pretty standard. That's honestly pretty light, I guess, when it comes to some of the other tournaments around. Um, like at Rugby Town, you'll see they'll play a bunch of matches in three days time that's because they're only 15 minutes long they're they're not as high impact as 15s you're not getting banged up as much as 15s um, it's really just about kind of saving your legs and getting in the ice bath you couldn't do that with 15s so just kind of comparing i looked at the 2023 rugby world cup dates and the, this olympics right now the 2020 tokyo olympics the 2023 rugby world cup is 51 days long and this Olympics is 17 days long. So in just in that span, we're, we're talking about the Olympics being very literally a third of, not even, you know, a third of uh, the Rugby World Cup. And that's where you, that's obviously the biggest 15s tournament in the world. Um, I think that's the time length you need to, to get in all those games. Like in the last, you know, the Rugby World Cup, the team's usually playing like one match a week. You couldn't really do that in the Olympics, especially with the number of teams that would be trying to be in the Olympics. Um, so I did, so, like I said, I did some research. 15s rugby used to be in the Olympics that they played, you know, way back when. The 1900 Paris Games had 15s rugby. The 1908 London Games had 15s rugby. The 1920 Antwerp Games had 15s rugby. U.S. won gold because only two teams played. It was USA and France. They literally played one match. USA won 8-0, so they won gold in that Olympics. And you could do that because there's two teams that play one game. There's not, you're not trying to get a whole tournament in. And then the 1924 Paris games, USA won gold in this one too. But again, there were only three teams. There was USA, France, and Romania. And they each played each other one time. So they played two matches. Um, USA, again, beat France to win gold in that one. So that I think that's the most basic reason. Um, seven just more tailor-made for the Olympics, honestly, too. Uh, who knows, maybe we'll see some changes moving forward. But I doubt it just because I think... I, I could be wrong. I feel like every Olympics is like this range, right? It's like two and a half weeks long. Uh, and it feels longer than that just because they cram so much stuff into it. But I think that's honestly the main difference. You just could not play a full 15s tournament in seven days. Moving into the required reading portion of the show, like I just said, if you're more interested in learning about this, I don't think I could do it justice talking about it. Just kind of the history of 15s rugby in the Olympics. I found a good article that came out in the Washington Post by Lydia Fierce. 
a couple days ago. It's called Rugby is Back in the Olympics, thanks to the American women, and now they can medal. Like I said, this article does a good job explaining some of the history of rugby in the Olympics, how American women helped grease the wheels to get it back in the Olympics. I recommend checking that out. As always, I'll link that article in the article that houses this podcast as well as the podcast description. So if you're interested in reading about all that, you can just scroll down. Click on the link in the description of whatever app you listen to this in um, and read that. And you get, a, you get smarter. Read makes you smarter. Go ahead and close the show with the loop. My last snake draft is done. It's out. You can go listen to it right now if you want. I know we're having some issues getting this up on iTunes, but we, we have poked them and it sounds like they're working on it. So hopefully the show will be up there uh, when the time it's supposed to be and the last one will be there as well. Uh, so that was the Avalanche draft. I'm not as big of a hockey fan as I is, as I am anything else. So that was kind of a tough one for me. I got buried by Rudo, but it was fun. It was fun, you know, looking at some apps, thinking about which guys would be good at playing rugby. So I hope you go back and listen to it. I hope you listen to all the snake drafts that we did. Thank you for listening to all those and kind of rolling with me as we tried something new. Hope you enjoyed them. I'm ready to do something else, and I got my mind working. As like I said, we're about to be back in the full swing of rugby season with the XOs reporting. So I'll be busy doing all that, providing that update. If you're not doing anything Saturday, swing by the DNVR bar for the grand opening 2.0. I will be there if you want to come say what's up. I think the party gets started at one. They're doing a bunch of raffles. They got, you know, the team DNVR athletes. So we've got Nate Landman, we got Trey McBride, you got David Roddy. So you can come meet all those guys. You can come meet the podcast people if you want to tell us we're stupid for who we drafted or whatever. We'll be at the bar. So that's your chance. Uh, but if you just want to come by, say hello, grab a bite to eat, maybe grab a beer or something. Everything gets started at 1. I do know that they're raffling off Rugby Town 7's weekend passes. So if you're interested in coming to that, you, you can show up and put your name in the hat or however they're doing it and maybe win a, a weekend pass to Rugby Town, which would be a nice little, nice little prize to leave the bar with. But that's where we'll be. Hope to see you there. But that's all I got for the show this week, guys. Thank you for listening. Hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the matches this weekend. Cheer on the USA women as they go for gold. I'll catch you all back here next week. 